to um, the Chamber of the Scribe tonight. We're going to be talking about um, the scribal realm of Joseph. The scribal realm of Joseph. I'm going to um, ask any of my friends that are online right now, if you don't mind, go ahead and um, help me share this. I am haven't been on Facebook Live in a while, so as a result, some things have changed. And I'm not quite sure where my share button is anymore, but I do want to post this inside the Scribal Prophets group and inside my um, page online. So just give me a minute to do that. I am moving over now. Hi, Rachel. Glad to see you. I'd love to know who is um, on tonight. I am sharing. I'm making this work. So um, give me a minute. I'm gonna post some of this in some of my groups and on my pages. And if you can, I would love for you to share um, this with me tonight as well. Share it in other groups and other places. Um, give me a minute, I'm sharing on some of my pages. I'm glad to see some of you joining me. This is such a blessing. I surely hope you are blessed tonight because I wanna bless you with what we're going to talk about. I want to encourage you in your scribal ministry and your scribal gifting. I want to see the Lord just open your eyes to some things in your own life. I want to see the Lord um, say, hey, this sounds like a friend of mine. It sounds like somebody I know. I want you to be so moved by what you hear tonight that you are open to um, just sharing with those you care about, with your pastors and leaders who you are hoping um, will, will embrace this gifting and this calling. This is a time that we're going to really talk. And um, I hope you ask some really good questions. I hope that um, you get answers. I pray that the Lord is going to really um, transform your thinking on some things. I pray that we can find moments of agreement. And even if there's moments of, of disagreement, 
that we can stand sure of this one thing, God is yet in control. So again, I wanna just welcome you and thank you for um, your time. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm actually posting on several of my pages because I want people to be able to access this. So share with other people in your groups, in your, on your pages, on your personal page. We're gonna talk about the scribal realm of Joseph tonight. And I pray that it is a blessing to you. Wow. Um, so let's see. So we're going to. Um, oh, wow. So thank you. I'm glad to see um, Andrea and Stacy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Bree and Kimberly. Hello. Hi, Joanne. Hi, I'm T. Simone Bush. I've missed you. I was actually thinking about you and your husband this past weekend and wondering how you guys were doing. So it's, it's really good to see you on this live tonight. Thank you, Nicole, for um, joining us. Glad to have you. So we have um, some people here. I'm just really excited. I really can't tell you. This is my first time teaching the scribal realm of Joseph in the midst of um, Facebook Live. And as we approach our conference this year, I'm gonna be sharing things with you that gives you an idea of what you're gonna learn, the things we're gonna talk about. So if you don't know, I'm gonna ask um, some of the um, people with me, Andrea, if you're on the line, please post about the Scribal Advance, if you don't mind, or if, um, hi, Pastor Angela, glad to see you. So just, hello, Mari, glad to see you. We have some of the people um, that's teaching with us at the 2019 Scribal Advance, Angel Scribes in the Dream Realm, they're, they're joining us today. So I wanna talk to you a little bit about that conference. If you don't know about it, listen, you need to be here. If you have ever imagined a school of the prophets for creative people, for administrators, for instructors in the scribal realm, this is our school of the prophets. Literally everything that we teach at the 2019 Scribal Advance is rooted in um, uncovering the ministry of the scribe, which runs so deep that you would be utterly amazed at the depth of the, of the ministry of the scribe. So again, the website is school of, uh, the website is scribaladvance.com. I have the link in the description of this video. So I'm gonna bring it up again later. I don't wanna spend a lot of time talking about it, but I also wanna introduce you to the um, online school of the scribe. We have classes that you can take right now. And the feedback that I'm receiving from um, the students that are enrolled has been phenomenal. And our goal in the school of the scribe with our core team and everything is that you'll get a well-rounded view of the ministry of the scribe. It's just intensive getting these things together. But listen, if you have a question, how do I know I'm a scribe or what does it look like? How does this fit with the body of Christ? How does this fit in the marketplace? What does it look like? We answer all of those questions in our online school. So I wanna encourage you, the link is also in the description on this page, along with the link to the 2019 Scribal Advance. I wanna encourage you to go ahead and enroll um, registration is going to go up pretty soon to late registration fees, but the conference is phenomenal. And it just would not be fair for me not to tell you. 
So if you want to know what we're teaching, I have videos in the Scribal Prophets group. I realized I didn't put that there, but the Scribal Prophets group is in on Facebook. And if you want to join us, that's the perfect place for you to come and learn all the things that we're doing and the conversations we're having. So again, um, just, just join us. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later. So I hope you guys are ready to learn about Joseph and his scribal realm. Can you hear me? I want to make sure that you all can still hear me and um, that we're able to move forward. If you can, just say, yes, I can hear you. Show me some lights that show me that you can hear me and we are going to jump right on in. So you may need your Bible because I am going to go through scriptures. I am going to go through um, um, quite a bit of, of historical understanding. I love history, so bear with me, but there will be some prophetic moments. Great, I'm glad you're listening. Look, guys, I'm, I'm really excited. So listen, the first thing I want to do, because I want to let you know that you can ask me questions. And I'm going to look for your questions. I'm glad you can hear. So we're, we're gonna, I'm going to listen to your questions as we move through. I may have to scroll back through and find out what you're talking about, what you're saying. But I'm going to try to get through this. And I did something I don't normally do. I made a nice outline for myself. <laughs> in doing so, I can probably move through this in a way that, that you all will be blessed by and that you will understand. And you may see behind me the scribes commandments and these are um, scriptures that really define what the scribal anointing is so if you're watching or able to see them i pray that they bless you but they're in my book the scribal anointing scribes instructed in the kingdom of heaven so we're pulling from that book tonight as well and so i hope you're encouraged but let's talk about joseph i'm gonna jump in because i know sometimes we can ramble on and on on these Facebook lives, but I want you to really get something out of it. When I teach you, I'm not giving you peanuts. I'm giving you the heart of this teaching. You're going to get the core of it. There are many, many more realms of, of people that are walking in scribal giftings that are in, in the scriptures, but we're going to kind of dig some of these out one by one as the Lord leads me to do this and as I have time. So again, we're going to be talking about the scribal realm of Joseph. But to build this for you, there is some history and there is some background that I need to give because some of you will be hearing this for the first time and some of you will, will have heard some of this before, but you won't hear so much that you'll, you'll be like, well, oh my goodness, I've heard this before. No, I promise you, stay on, on, on the Facebook Live and we're going to go further. We're going to take you deeper. I heard some people say in their posts that they love Joseph. They love everything about Joseph. And I totally understand that. But tonight I wanna prepare you because we're not gonna be talking about the pit to the palace. We're not going to be talk about, talking about Joseph's suffering and his betrayal from his brothers. We're gonna be talking about the scribal realm of Joseph. We're gonna be looking at these phenomenal details of his life that reveal things about him that we often overlook or we may not see that digs out the realm of the scribe. So if you are, if you already know you're a scribe or you believe you're a scribe, we're going to also give you some indicators of what people look like who are walking in the scribal realm. 
And so this will affirm your connection to Joseph, but probably even deeper because you relate to him not only as a dreamer, we're not talking about the dream realm of, of Joseph tonight either. That part will hit at the conference September 18th through the um, 21st. That particular treasure is going to be brought out there. But there is a scribal realm of dreams that Joseph walks in. But we're going to dig into that's different from a general dream realm. So we're really digging deep into some of this stuff. Don't miss the 2019 Scribble Advance. Look in the information section for this Facebook Live, and you'll see the link to that and to register. So here we go. The first thing I want you to know is what the scribal realm is, how it's described within the school of the scribe. We have our own way of doing things in the school of the scribe. All of our teachings are based on our collective understanding of what a scribe is, things that our whole team has dug out, not just me anymore. It started out with me, but now I'm pulling revelation from the people around me. So if I say anything that they are digging out, I'm going to give them a shout out concerning it because they deserve that recognition for the, for the things that they are doing. I'm so serious. They are really digging into the word and finding treasures that, you know, that I have not uncovered and they trigger me as well. So the scribal realm is one of the areas that we teach within the school of the scribe. And, and it's a supernatural place in the realm of the spirit in which scribes have access to heavenly information that is specific to the ministry of the scribe. It's our secret place. It's that place that we go to when God calls us. One of the examples that I like to use is, you know, if you are a, a musician, if you are a psalmist, you're a psalmist and you're a musician all the time. You hear music, you, you see music, you, you see songs, you hear songs. When things happen in your life, you live in that place. So for scribes, those that are called as scribes, we have this place we live in as well. It's like God's default for us. We see the world through the eyes of a scribe. And so this is the scribal realm, one of the, one of the examples. What we're experiencing right now um, with some of you on the line that are, that are joining us on this Facebook Live, we're in the midst of scribal activity right now. We're in our scribal realm. We're with our people, those of us that are passionate about this. So this is also an example of the scribal realm. The scribal realm is also when you, you, you're walking through the store or you're walking through the library or you're walking and you see this ink pen or this paper or this book and it seems like it's just calling your name and, and you're, you're like, oh my God, I got to stop and your husband or your child or, or you, you, not, your mom is trying to get you out of the store and you're like, but I'm drawn to this. So there are things there are activities and there are environments, there are assignments, there are burdens that are in, intrinsically a part of the realm of the scribe. Just like there are particular things that are intrinsic to those who love music or who love to cook. There's a language in the cooking arena that they understand. There's a language in the art community that people understand. There's a language in the music community that people understand. There's a language in the scribal community as well. And so um, if you have ever received my book or ordered my book, The Scribal Realm of Dreams and Visions, I provide scriptures concerning where this comes from. 
So this isn't something random, some deep personal revelation that I came up with, but the scripture actually mentions things like the realm of the king or the, um, or the, the you know, it talks about different realms and different places. And all a realm is, if you use modern language today, it's just speaking of kingdom, the jurisdiction of a king. The so we have our individual scribal realm. So the chamber of the scribe and the way that I do it is my jurisdiction. It is my realm. The understanding of the scribal anointing is my realm. So I want you to consider your realm from that perspective as you learn more about the ministry of the scribe. So, um, and also I wanna just touch basis on types of scribes. In the school of the scribe, we talk about types of scribes. Now this is based on Moses and we know Moses came over a hundred years after, um, he was born 80 years after Joseph and he, it took Moses another 80 years to fulfill his ministry. So we're looking at almost a 200 year span between Moses, between um, Joseph and, and Moses. So I want you to keep that in mind also because there, uh, we're gonna be talking about types and shadows where we can see the ministry of the scribe emerging into what Moses would one day set in place with the great council or the Sanhedrin. So I'm not gonna connect things that are not in the Bible. You're not gonna have to worry about that. I'm gonna walk you through it so that you will understand and it will become clear because I wanna make sure that we are not um, inventing things that aren't in the scripture. I'm really big on that really, really big on making sure we can do line upon line. But that is scribal. <laughs> Some of you are probably like that too. You have those different funny things that scribes do. So in talking about the types of scribes, I'm gonna shift almost 200 years to the time of Moses. And I want you to understand that Moses was the first um, man that God chose to build the congregation upon. It was his vision and his ministry for Moses that, that we began to see the congregation that uh, flesh out that we have today. So this is very, very, very important. Um, Moses, through the great council that he had, he had three types of scribes serving with him. Well, and those scribes served administratively, instructionally, and creatively in that scribal portion. We know that the eldership of the great council was priests, elders, and scribes. So that scribal dimension included administration, instruction, and creativity. So that's the part that I wanna highlight there. We're not gonna dig deeply into Moses or the Sanhedrin or anything like that, or what as people know it, the great council, but we are going to make sure that we know that that's what Joseph is pointing to. The activities that we see him doing, the things he finds himself being involved in, not by any choice of his own, but because divine selection positioned him in that, we're gonna be able to look at that and then see how it patterns our lives and how we can draw from that. So if that's good for you guys, let me know. Um, thank you for sharing that, Andrea. And hi, um, Apostle Aretha, glad to see you. Glad to see you, Stacy. Glad to see you, Apostle Shelby. It is wonderful to see you on the line, so many of you. Thank you, Prophet Darnell is here, and um, Joey Jackson is here, and thank you. I'm so glad that you are, are joining me this, this evening. 
So we're looking at this. So I've given you that little background. So first, I define what the realm is, what we're talking about with the realm. Secondly, we talked about the types of scribes, and I gave you a timeline so you'll know I'm not running all over the place. And if you're not clear, I want to encourage you to get the scribal anointing, scribes instructed in the kingdom of heaven, because it clarifies this with scripture and with historical insight. So I'm going to tell you something else. Now, this is going to sound really weird, but just listen. I, you know, so if, if you're able to, to kind of walk with me, uh, this is going to bless you. I know that we don't often think about the people in the Bible in terms of um, the Stone Age or in terms of the Bronze Age or in terms of the Iron Age. So I'm going to share a little bit about that with you real quickly because I think it brings a story dimension or a clear picture to what these people of this time with the Lord were working with. And so for Joseph, I want you to know that Joseph, Joseph if we correlate history with the life of Joseph, Joseph was living in the Bronze Age. And this was when people were learning to mix copper and bronze together to create more fortified weapons. They were learning how to use metal to make cooking instruments. They were learning how to use, when I say metal, I'm still talking about bronze. They were, they were learning how to use um, uh, and, and define and prosper and build kingdoms with these new discoveries. People were beginning to settle more. They were, they were, you had nomadic culture still, but you were still moving into uh, the next age near the end of some of these generations. And these things are important because it, it allows us to see just how brilliant these people were, just how resourceful these people of God were. They did not have all of the tools and resources that we have today. They didn't have libraries. They didn't have formalized schools. They didn't have books and books and books. For the better part of, of the old covenant, oral tradition was all they had. I don't even know if you know this, but it would be from the time of Joseph's story, it would be anywhere between 80 and 100 years after Joseph's death when that story of his life was written. So the people of God were able to carry that oral tradition on the inside of them with the kind of accuracy that scientists can read the Holy Scriptures that we love so much. And they can say, wow, they are telling the truth because the activities, the things that they were doing, the way that they were living, the tools that they were using, the iron chariots, the, the this, the that, corresponds with the time in history that these people claim that they live. So it's so profound. And this is why this is important. Some people don't like the academic or the historical side of, of learning the scriptures, but scribes were different. We were called to this. We're called to love history and to put the pieces together. We're called to want to dig out why people lived the way they did and why they said things the way they said them. So when we can consider Joseph and his life, we need to look at his life in what we would call the world system, what, but was really Egypt in his time 
or like I like to say, I use Babylon for everything. But for this particular um, conversation, we're going to stick with Egypt because that's actually the place where Joseph will find himself later in life. So if this is helping you, I want you to go ahead and let me know. I don't want to be boring you to death with some of this teaching because I know history is not everybody's thing. But we need to understand. Think Bronze Age. Think Bronze Age. Think Bronze Age. And so when you think Adam and Eve and when you think Cain and Abel and Seth, think Stone Age. Think Stone Age. So, so this, is, this is what's so amazing because when you consider Stone Age and you consider the Bronze Age, you can understand the progress of God's people because the culture was primarily nomadic in nature. So if you're moving from place to place, you can't possibly be thinking in terms of a physical repository. You can't possibly be thinking about carrying scrolls around because all they had was oral tradition. All they had was the family stories passed down. How were they keeping records? How did they know how many cows, how many? Because they could count. <laughs> you know, mathematics and commerce and, and counting things has been with us longer than, than, than um, written language. So even scribal ministry, if you don't know this, scribal ministry began as an art form. It began as people drawing pictures on rocks and in caves and those kinds of things. Then scribal ministry became keeping count. You know, when we're playing tic-tac-toe or we're playing that little game SOS when we're kids, we would do things like draw those little lines, one, two, three, four, and then draw a line through them. And we knew that that meant five. And so they were doing things like that back then. And so that's how they kept count. But it sounds simple, but the systems that they used for the times in which they lived was sophisticated. And what makes Joseph's story so interesting is that we know historically that Egypt was an extremely advanced society, extremely advanced. And we hear people say things like, wow, you're ahead of your time. Wow, technology is ahead of its time today. Wow, all these things are ahead of their time. Well, if, if you're ahead of your time, there are generations before us that were ahead of theirs. We're not the first to break boundaries, to pioneer, to crack open the new. So we want to give them the credit and the honor and the recognition that is due them. Again, share this video, share this on Facebook Live with scribes that you know will be blessed by it because we are going to dig into how Joseph impacts us today and how it affects the ministries that some of you may have. But listen, so we're looking at this, the, the, at Joseph and we're gonna go deeper in this, um, but I'm just giving you some tidbits. We don't really have the kind of time that it takes to dig out um, Egyptian society because that's not really relevant. I just want you to know how this looks in the scheme of things. Just look at their clothes, look at the cities they built. You know, um, Egyptians had advanced irrigation systems, water tunnels through the city. They knew how to take care of their agricultural investment. They knew how to trade between um, other, other, we can call them cities, but really different camps. They knew how to survive and build a community, a stable community in the time of Joseph. So 
of these things we're talking about are precursors to what would come one day become an advanced society for biblical people. Scribes existed long before Bible culture came along. So we need to understand this. Our story of scribes does begin on the day God said, Moses, um, you know, I, I, I know you need help. I know you need people to help you carry the burden of this congregation. I'm asking you to lead. So Moses, what I need you to do is um, organize into a government. And I need you to do what your, your brethren, your father-in-law Jethro suggested and bring those elders, priests, and scribes together so we can bring you help. So we begin our conversations for the sake of clarity and for the sake of the prophetic, the apostolic prophetic congregation. Our ministry begins with Moses. But again, there is a shadow of what is to come through several significant people before Moses established the Sanhedrin and released scribes as an official order in, in um, the congregation and before God blessed it, kissed it, and sent it forth into the earth. And Christ sanctioned it as well. You know, so we know Numbers 11 was an anointing, a release, a prophetic decree. But later on, Christ would come back in Matthew 23, verse 34, and he would say, behold, I am sending you prophets and sages and scribes. So, you know, after he deals with all the woes, he makes a decree that he would send. So we are that increase of his sending by his spirit, by his plan for the church he knew would grow and spread to be what we see today in its goodness, in its purity, and in its perfection. Turn with me to Genesis 37, 1 through 7, so we can get directly into Joseph. So um, again, we're not dealing with Joseph's dream realm. We're not dealing with his pit the palace experience. We're not dealing with um, anything that's common concerning the conversation surrounding Joseph. We're dealing with the uncommon um, conversation surrounding his life. So we're going to jump to Genesis 37. I think I'm reading, pretty sure I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. But this is what it says. It says, I'm going to skip to verse 2. I think it says, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. I want to stop right there because we always see that feeding the flock, we think he's just out there feeding some animals and taking care of them. But remember, he was living in the Bronze Age. So in the Bronze Age, they didn't have the technologies and the opportunities and the advancements that we have today when it comes to agriculture. So I want you to consider Joseph and his brothers as excellent examples of agriculture in the most professional way that you can imagine for that time. And remember, the agriculture, they, had, they were taking care of an entire tribe, an entire clan, an entire group of people. It wasn't just about them. It wasn't just Jacob and, I mean, um, jo Joseph and his brothers taking care of two cows to feed whoever. This was about a people. And they had charge over this important agricultural duty. So I hope this is helping you as you see this from an agricultural business perspective, not just you know, going outside and giving the cat some food or, or giving the dog some food or, or, or something like that. This is bigger than that. 
And I want you to expand your thought process as you consider this. It says, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And this is the science and the practice of what we know as farming today. Not just cultivating soil and planting crops, but rearing, raising, protecting animals from disease, treating animals who have been sick, treating sick plants, learning how to keep things alive. So it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Their lives were dependent on agriculture and those sons were responsible for taking care of that part of the kingdom of, 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 of Israel or Jacob's lineage. And it says this, and the lad was with the sons of Belhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Uh, this is interesting because we know that when the scripture mentions bad report, it means unfavorable information, which means his brothers were not doing something correctly in the family business. His brothers were not doing something correctly concerning him and concerning the assignment they had been given by Jacob, their father. Why is this important? Because the entire community was dependent on their obedience with this. Help me out. Is this helping you guys? I want to know if you're following me because there's a story in this and it's a powerful, powerful story that affects scribes because we don't often consider scribes from this particular perspective. But this part of it is very significant. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Thank you, because you guys are going silent. Makes me wonder if I'm still online. <laughs> so here we are. So it says, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report, unfavorable information of them to his father. Again, remember, I am not concerned with Joseph and his brothers and their jealousy of him. I'm just focusing on the things that are connected scribally. So now we get to verse three and it says this, now Israel, who is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Now, listen, I want you to catch this. He loved Joseph more than all his children because Joseph was the son of his old age. Now, Joseph, Joseph recognized how to honor his father. In the Bronze Age, there had to be people who understood how to continue the lineage of the father how to continue the lineage that would keep the, the community alive. They had to have people that understood the business of agriculture because this nomadic people lived in a dry and a desert land. People could die easily. If the animals died, the whole people would die out. So, so if Joseph is giving a bad report, what he's saying is he's telling his father that they don't care about the father's business. They don't care about their duty to protect the community. God, I, I hope you're getting this because there was a reason why they were angry with Joseph. They wanted Joseph to lollygag with them. They wanted Joseph to hang out and do what they wanted to do. They wanted to shuck their responsibility. They didn't care about the greater good. But there was Joseph. And, and this is why, this is why um, Israel said, 
he loved Joseph because he was the son of his old age, because that meant, hear me in the spirit, it meant that Joseph had what it took to carry the lineage and the legacy of that family. Oh my God, I want you to hear this. I, I really want to stay here a minute because the scripture tells us he, it wasn't that Joseph was a favorite child. It wasn't that Joseph was better than all the others. It is that Joseph understood legacy. Joseph understood lineage. Joseph understood what was at stake. Joseph understood that if I am out of position, the whole tribe could die. Come on, people have taught this wrong. And I want you to, and when you look at it from a scribal perspective, a perspective of agriculture, a perspective of commerce, a perspective of administration, and a perspective of government, it shifts things. This is why we're looking at the Bronze Age, because we tend to look at scripture as if it is concerning how we're living today, concerning how we're living today. And that's just not the case. It's not about how we're living today. It's about how um, they were living then and how we applied the principles of it to today. So I hope you caught that because if we don't get this as a people, it's not about me because those brothers were selfish. They had wickedness in their heart. And when, jo when, when Israel, when Jacob got ready to prophesy to them, he showed them in that prophecy what he thought of them because he knew that they did not have what it takes to, to sustain a kingdom in the mindset that Joseph had. Joseph had not just an excellent spirit, but he had an excellent understanding of the heart of the father. He understood the heart of the father. So, so we go through this. Now skip with me to Genesis 39. I want you to go there with me. Well, well, go there, but I forgot to tell you one more thing. Um, and he made a tonic of many colors for Joseph. I'm going to give you a nugget for this. You know, people like the shout out favoritism, but I'm going to tell you something. In the Bronze Age, making color was an impossible task. It was very expensive. It was, it was to the point where they had to go and hunt and find and dig up and locate things to make these precious colors, especially the colors red and the color purple. This was rare. Most people didn't wear colors in that time. So for him to spend this kind of time making this garment, making a garment of many colors, this was such an honor because it was such a sacrifice for a man of his age. So you need to know this one thing. Jacob was making a statement. He was letting us know that, that um, Joseph was set apart, that Joseph was not like the others because he had the father's heart. So this, we're dealing with another Cain and Abel situation. That is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with another Cain and Abel situation. So I wanna make sure that you're grasping that Cain and Abel is at play, but it's happening in this, in this, in this community of, of the nation that will one day 
or in this time become Israel. So it makes sense that we have to look at this from um, uh, another perspective. So this is me, this is Scribe School Teaching. I want you to know that if you come to the 2019 Scribal Advance, Angel Scribes in the Dream Realm, this is how we teach. We take ordinary scriptures and we make them relevant to your calling. All of the teachers that are a part of the core Scribe School teach at a level that brings you into an understanding of your calling and your, and your, and your um, purpose in a way that you can't get somewhere else in general teaching or general understanding. So join us. Come to this conference. You will not leave the same. You will not leave the same. Genesis 39. Look at this. And then I just have a few more things and we're going to be done. And I'm going to bring us into um, the present day. Genesis 39. Listen to this. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. This is after they threw him in the pit and all of that stuff took place. And they showed his dad the bloody cloth that the tonic that he spent so much time and, and effort making. His father is grieved, not because his favorite son was taken, but because the hope of his lineage in his father's eyes was destroyed. So what they did was greater than an ordinary betrayal. They hurt him to the core because here, here, Israel is getting ready to die and he can't see the plan for the future because the future as he see it has been destroyed. In the Bronze Age, family lineage was everything. Continuing the family business was everything. Continuing the legacy of, of service and honor to the Lord was everything. There was nothing more important than honoring God and taking care of the family of God. There was nothing more important than honoring God and then on top of that, taking care of the family of God. And those brothers at that time, they didn't respect neither one. They didn't honor neither one. There was no honor among those brothers. And that is what was at issue. And this is what made um, um, Joseph excellent. And this is the cry for us today. What makes us excellent is that excellent spirit, not your great gift and talent, your ability to prophesy. None of that matters in the kingdom. First Corinthians 13 tells us that. But Joseph had love. He had love for his father. He had love for Benjamin. He had love for his brothers. He had love for his people. He knew how to honor God and honor family, which is at the core of understanding the scribal pattern. Because without that part, we are not scribes instructed in the kingdom of heaven. We're not. That is at the core of scribal ministry. And that's why we have the scribe school, because we teach scribes how to be instructed in the kingdom of heaven. So here we are, Genesis 39. We get here. So now Joseph has been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, of the military. Now Potiphar is, sec is first in command to the Pharaoh. This is important also. So, um, and he's brought to Egypt because Potiphar bought him. And he bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. So this is why the scripture says the Lord was with Joseph. 
So we know now why the Lord was with Joseph. Wouldn't you agree? We have understanding now concerning why the Lord was with Joseph. It wasn't that Joseph was a soul special. The Lord just picked him out and made him great. Joseph honored God and God honored him back. Joseph honored his father and his father honored him back. Joseph didn't care that being a tattletale would cause him to be hated by his brothers because he recognized that the kingdom and what was at stake was more important. So this is why Joseph had favor with the Lord. This is why. So the scripture tells us the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. His success, again, was based exclusively on his excellent spirit. Please let me hammer this in. It's not because you were born that God is pleased. <laughs> you know, he is pleased that you were born, that we're born, but he favors an excellent spirit, good intentions, right motives, of caring for more than yourself, being excellent because you know all that's at stake beyond you. So, so we've got to grasp this. We've got to grasp this. So, so listen to this. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man, meaning he was successful in everything that he put his hand to because he was walking out the will of the Lord. He was instructed in the things of God. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Many of us right now are in the house of our master on the job. We're in the house of people that don't love God. We're, we're, we're in environments that are just crazy and wild and, and we're praying. And, and But look, all Joseph did in the midst of those environments was remain in an excellent spirit. I want you to see this. He just took his posture of having an unmovable, unbendable, excellent spirit. And that excellent spirit caused him to be obedient and move within the promotions that would come for him. So we're seeing the dream that Joseph had um, um, that, that really set his brothers off fulfilled. So we're learning about some things now that's on the backdrop of that dream. I'm not going to talk about the dream because that's for the scribal advance. But listen to this. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the house of his master, the Egyptian. If you don't know this, I've studied Greek mythology. I have books all in the house because I wanted to know how Greek mythology influenced the, the, early, um, the early people in the Bible. So I do study that stuff. You know, most people don't care. They're too busy casting out stuff than to just take a practical look at what it means in the backdrop of the Bible. But there is a practicality um, with that and a historical truth that we can draw. See, this is Joseph. This is going to sound like some of your lives from a scribal perspective. Joseph, a young man, one of the younger of his brothers, here he is finding himself in the middle of, a, of the world system. No father, no brother, no sister, no mother. But he has an excellent spirit, and he's living among the Egyptians. He's living in the house of, um, the, of his master, the Egyptian. 
and he's lived we don't know um because in the scripture when you say the house of it meant the entire kingdom not just i mean the entire kingdom when you're talking about egypt and babylon so it's not just the house of of jacob because that was the house of jacob but in other cultures it had different kinds of meanings but in this instance joseph is with potiphar who bought him and purchased him but he's sitting under pharaoh and he and, and potiphar is first commander to pharaoh now in egyptian culture a pharaoh is considered to be a god not just a, a king um you know not just pharaoh whose army was drowned but they saw them as deities this is very important and for us today we can see that as the oppressive nature that comes from the world system especially if we're in the corporate arena or or we're in environments that are toxic so i'm painting a picture for you i'm painting a picture for you and um i want you to just kind of grasp this so here we have we have joseph and he was successful in the house of someone who thinks they're a god and his master who is potiphar they're all serving in this place, saw, saw that the Lord was with them. A heathen, heathen who is worshiping a Pharaoh and who believes in Ra and who believe and all these other gods now sees that the God is in Joseph. But this is what we don't consider. From the time that um, Joseph entered um, um, Potiphar's house, from the time he entered Potiphar's house to the time that he, I wanna make sure I have this right time-wise because I wanna give you some dates and try to put things together. But I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna be wrong, but I, I don't see my notes, but I'm gonna share this with you. So from the time that Joseph was kidnapped, put in the pit, brought to Egypt, served, he had been with Potiphar about 12, 13 years by the time we see him rise from prison and become governor over the city. So during that time, did anybody ever wonder what in the world was Joseph doing? What in the world was Joseph learning? What in the world was happening? I want you to consider for a moment that Joseph was learning the ways of, of, of Egypt. He was learning in the house of, of, of his master he was learning about even more about agriculture, not just agriculture for the clan. Now he was learning about agriculture for a wider kingdom. He's learning about an irrigation system. He's learning about planting crops. He's learning about organizing men. He's learning about running a business. He's learning about keeping tallies and records and scratching things on tablets. He's learning all of these things that it takes to run. He's not just sitting there getting spiritual downloads. He is taking classes in Babylon. He's learning from pharaohs. He's being taught by, by a community that he wasn't even raised in. He's with a foreign people that we know God has rejected. He is upon a, 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 a precipice in his life in which even in the darkness that he finds himself in, he believes what God has said and he come, becomes a master in the midst of his craft. He went from tending the agricultural system 
inside the culture of Israel to coming into Babylon and making Babylon prosperous. He didn't fight Babylon. He didn't struggle against Babylon. He didn't say, oh, I can't touch that because that's, that's Egypt. He, he did what God told him. He served in Babylon. He served in Egypt. I'm switching, but y'all know I'm talking about Egypt. Babylon is just a word that I use to mean world system. But I want you to see this. I don't have time to go to the scriptures and build this out because we're already an hour on the call. So I'm going to dig through this and kind of get us to a point. But I want you to see, there's a couple more things I want you to see. And so, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Prosper in his hand. He worked, he was working with his hands. So Joseph found favor in, in his sight and he served him. Wow, Joseph willingly served an Egyptian master under an Egyptian God without ever once compromising who he was in his heritage, in his history, and in his excellent spirit. So it says this, um, um, I want you to just think about this, that, listen to this, it says, then he made him, meaning Potiphar, made him overseer of his house. Now listen, the Pharaoh was the head person. Potiphar was first commander. This statement means that Joseph became second commander to the first commander, which meant that he had the approval of the Pharaoh himself, even though Joseph served a different God. I want you to see this and never bow. They saw the favor of God on Joseph and because they accepted Joseph, even though they never turned from their God, the whole kingdom prospered. Oh my goodness, scribes. So when we're, when we're looking at this, I'm gonna bring it into a scribal capacity. For those who know the ministry of the scribe, y'all already have got what I'm getting to. But for those that are hearing this for the first time, you're seeing how it's not wrong for us to help Babylon prosper. It's not wrong. It's not wrong for Babylon to prosper if we're in the midst. It should prosper because that is how God reveals his glory because those people were able to see God through Joseph. They believed that Joseph's God was real, but then we got to understand they believed that a lot of guys were real, but they did see the evidence of Joseph's God which is our God, our Lord. So Potiphar mentored and trained Joseph. Oh, yes, he did. Potiphar mentored and trained Joseph. He, you can't be second in command if the first commander is not training you. So we don't have to dig. And there's a lot of history on this. You can do a historical study on this. But yes, so we need to understand that, that Joseph learned the policies and the procedures of Egypt. He learned the, uh, the um, and he probably helped develop some of them. He learned the ways of Egypt. He, he understood the, the money system, the finance system, the commerce, the agricultural system. He understood the family system. He knew the gods, the goddesses. He knew everything about Babylon and how it worked. Yes, he did. 
So the scripture tells us in, in verse five, it says, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, palace household, palace household, palace household. That's the realm of the Pharaoh. I want you to see this. This is the area of the Pharaoh because it's the palace and the palace household and all that he had, riches and treasures, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. It says right there, he blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that they had in the house and in the field. In the house, meaning the, the, the Pharaoh who believed he was a God, where they were worshiping Ra and Osiris, where they're doing all of this and not denouncing their God. God blessed this Pharaoh and his house and all the people in that house. And he blessed the field. And the field was the place of agriculture, the place where they had slaves working, the place where they were digging the inner, that they were building the cities and building houses and they were making garments for the king and making dyes and gathering the wealth. And get this, when you read more about, 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 about Joseph, it tells you that Joseph traveled from city to city making an agricultural and commerce and governmental alliances for supply for the people. So not only was Joseph in charge of supply for the house of God, but he ended up being supply for, for Egypt, the castaway people in the old covenant. Oh, it's just an unbelievable story. So why is this significant? Because in Egypt, in their advanced society, and in the Bronze Age, the technology of the Bronze Age was way more advanced than the technology of the kingdom in the earth. Not in the spirit now, but in the earth. Because remember, Israel, they were a new nation. They were just, um, they, they had all of this oral tradition, but they didn't have a stable community because they were moving from place to place. Land was still being divvied up. People were still trying to settle. So they didn't have the government structure that we see Pharaoh had. They didn't have these things in place. One of the things we have to know about Egypt, which was a, a way advanced society in the earth, they already had schools. They already had scribal kingdoms. They, I mean, scribal societies. They already had scribes sitting at the feet of the king, literally sitting at the king's feet with their tablets, writing in their symbols and, and calculating their numbers and doing things like that. It's so profound when you study history and you begin to make these amazing connections. Amazing connections. Oh, let me know if this is blessing you. I would love to know if this is blessing you or if you're getting anything from it. Because I don't want to be talking to myself. I don't have time to put everything in a book. Some things you just have to... Um, you know, figure out, and as you go along, um, just thank God for it. Um, so I just want to, to say, too, that we're, when we move here and we look at this, there's one more thing I want to point out. So now Joseph probably knows how to uh, write in, in Egyptian um, form, um, speak the language. He probably knows. So we're, we're looking at now he's bilingual. 
Now he's um, writing in their language, understanding their scribal stuff, and, and, and knowing how the house is run. He is, is, is connecting with all of these amazing, amazing people that have all of these artistic gifts. And so he's doing all of this. He's learning about how they construct their buildings and, and how they... So Joseph is in the heart of an era that will forever change the direction of the church. He, and will ever forever change the direction of his family. And he's still alone. He's still standing alone until he marries, um, which is totally contradictory to anything in scripture, but God is always doing things that are not normal from what we understand in history. So they give Joseph a wife. They, they make him a, go a governor. They, <coughs> excuse me. They, they give him power. And this is what I want you to get. And I'm going to stop and I'm going to bring this into present day. When Joseph was made second command, second in command to Potiphar, you have to recognize that Potiphar gave Joseph his signet ring. He gave Joseph his signet ring. In the Bronze Age, in a pharaoh's kingdom, a signature ring or a, a signet ring or a signet around your neck was a legislative piece of, of power. Because, and, and they had them in the times of, of uh, Moses and everybody else as well. So, but I want you to know that this was like the signature today. It's like the president signing off on the ultimate document. This is the kind of power that, that Joseph had. And he was recognized throughout varying kingdoms, not just where you see him at in scripture. Joseph had total, to carry this ring meant you had total and complete trust of the Pharaoh, total and complete trust of first in command. You weren't monitored as a slave. You weren't treated as a slave. Now get this, the scripture tells us they gave Joseph the Pharaoh's helmet. He wore the Egyptian garb. He wore the Egyptian clothes. He rode in the Egyptian chariots. He looked by all accounts and purposes just like an Egyptian. But he never compromised who God called him to be. He never denounced the kingdom. And you never had to worry about who Joseph belonged to because they respected Joseph. They honored Joseph in his belief system. They honored him exactly where he was. And, and I think about that sometimes. And, and I think about how today in the church, when people go forth, they look, they don't know, not only do they look like the world, the ugly side of it, but then they act like it. So there's got to be something wrong with what we're doing because the standard is not right. The stand, Joseph set a standard in Egypt. And Egypt didn't move against him in that standard. So we have a standard as scribes, and I want you to see that. What does that look like today? I'm moving on because I spent enough time on this. 2 Corinthians um, 9 and 12, it tells us this. It says, 
for the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. David, I mean, um, Joseph walked in the gift of governments. And governments isn't, um, well, there's a scribal dimension of governments. Let me say it like that. And that scribal dimension is administration. It's, it's protocol, it's management, it's finance, it's giving structure to kingdoms, to authorities, it's giving place to the foundation, it's setting things in order so that civilizations can prosper, communities can prosper, people can prosper, nations can prosper. This is a scribal gifting. How do we know? Even though the order of the scribe had not been set back in the time of Genesis, not been set officially in place to undergird the kingdom, the structure that Moses put in place with the great council carried the same authority, the same weight, and the same administrations of offices that we see Joseph walk in in the midst of his life. Joseph wasn't just an administrator. Joseph wasn't just a governor in the natural realm. He was able to run an entire kingdom single-handedly. And he was a man who was able to bring two nations together, the nation of Israel and an Egyptian nation. Without force, without... I mean, I, I, I know this is contradicts a lot of things that we hear people teach, but scriptures don't lie. And it lets you know that there are more ways to do a thing than what some people think that there is. And that's the point that I want to bring out. So some of you have unusual ministries. You have unusual callings. God has you in the dead center of Babylon. And on one side, you have people that are saying, this ain't God. This is not, you're not supposed to do this. You're supposed to work in the kingdom. What if I told you that if we ever understand that the kingdom is within, it doesn't matter where we are positioned in the earth. It's a powerful scribal lesson that Joseph teaches us. And I'm only going to talk about one of those lessons tonight. The other lessons we're going to dig out when we, get to, um, when we get to the scribal advance. Because there are a lot of scribal lessons in scripture. A lot of things that, that we can um, um, tap into here. Never again, if you are righteous, if you are holy, if you are sanctified, if you are, are following God's heart, if you are obedient, you cannot worry about what people think about your calling if God is with you. If God can send Joseph, who is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, to serve in the midst of a, God, a man who thinks he's a God, who has, a, 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 who has Potiphar in his first command, Surely he could use you in a time when we have more than Joseph had to, to change and turn things right side up the way they're supposed to be. So I want you to consider this. Now look at this, 1 Corinthians 12 and 5, it says, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. This is where this is coming from because I don't want anybody saying I'm teaching you heresy. When you're dealing with religion and legalism, 
People think you can't go nowhere. You scared of everything, everything the devil, a devil in everything. How can we be effective if we are too afraid to go where we need to go to be Joseph? Joseph didn't just see, see the pen from the palace message to me makes people feel good because it helps them stay encouraged in their struggle. But the beauty is, is that the struggle is a precursor to the will of God and what God wants. And Joseph understood the difference. And he became a chief administrator because he surrendered his gift for a, seat for a season by command of God to Egypt. Oh my God. But people hate education. You don't have to have a degree. You do if God tells you to go to school and get one. You don't need one to get into heaven, but we do need one to do whatever we're assigned to do if God says go. If God says go, and listen, Joseph wasn't the only one who was taught by Babylon or Egypt and brought those skills into the kingdom. There's Moses, there's Daniel, there's Paul. I mean, we can go on and on and on, on and on and on and on and on. There's hardly a person in the Bible that was not schooled in a world system, despite what we think. So some of y'all need to pack your bags and run down the street because God has called you and God has sent you out. See, Joseph was an administrative scribe with the governing anointing for nations. With the governing anointing to bring two opposing sides together for the good of our people. If, if, if Joseph had not stood in that place as governor, the Egypt would have perished in the drought and so would Israel. The Bible says that rain falls on the just and on the unjust. We've got to kind of get this power behind scribal ministry because scribal ministry looks like dust. It looks like you standing in line recording somebody's prophetic word. That is not what scribal ministry is. That's just one little bitty activity. It's important, but it's more than that. Some of you are administrators, financial experts, Agriculture was Joseph's thing, but what area is your thing? And see, this is the, the scribal realm is so profound because I, I, I want the right words. I want to say the right words before I, I, I go into this. I want you to understand that the spiritual gift of administration, a lot of people administrate. A lot of people have an administrative gift, but those called to administration this is a special, and I don't mean you special or special special, but I mean this is a grace, a, a, a God-given grace to organize, a God-given grace to plan, a God-given grace to steer, to guide, to manage, to shift, to establish policy, procedure, pr protocol at a level that, that it affects not just you, but the lives of people, the just and the unjust. I love that God always reminds us that it's his desire that no man perish. 
that all come into the knowledge of God. I love that God wants us to, and Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. He said, live your life before men, even your enemy, that when they oppose you, you respond in such a way that will lead them into the presence of God. We have so much power as scribes behind the scenes. Scribes are the only people in scripture that aren't really named. I'm only picking out Joseph because it's clear that he's a scribe. It's clear that he was administrator. It's clear that he was a financial expert. It's clear that he was an agricultural genius. It's clear that he was a city builder. It's clear that he was a governor. It's clear that he was a lover of God. It's clear that he cared about his family. It's clear that he believed God. It's clear that he submitted his life to Pharaoh all without ever compromising who he was and all before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit was available. He went through all of this without the Holy Spirit. He went through all of this without Holy Spirit on the inside of him living and making it home. He did all of this without the outpouring. He did all of this with a promise, a dream, and the word of God as law in his heart. He did all of this with the law of the heart. The law of the heart. We have so much more than Joseph had, but we live so beneath our potential. We live so under what God has for us. We spend more time in pity parties and struggling for money than living by faith and trusting God for resources, I declare that we are waking up to the truth of who we are and that we will not despise where we're planted, that we will learn from where we are in the midst of the environments where we are and we don't necessarily like it. I'm sure if, if Joseph could have been anywhere else but there, he would have been. Listen, First Chronicles 12, 28, it says this. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and we know the rest. Scribal ministry is part administration, part instruction, part creativity. Creativity in the sense of not just art, artistic work, but scribes were creative because they're the ones who engrave the um, letters and the signatures and the signet rings. There's the ones, the ones who put the elements on the banners, on the, on the, on the flags. They're the ones who made the rings and, and topped off the staff. And that was an art form because they were engravers. They were the ones who made the logos of their day. They were the one the precursors to the coat of arms. They are the ones who had hand in the creative aspects. They were very much a part of the Bezalel anointing. They were very much a part of the instructions, recording the instructions, writing down the instructions. They were the ones that, that would come and be the finishers in the jewelry making processes, the setting of the stones, because they, they are the ones that would have been your jewelry makers. In the sense, they would have had double skills. We, we don't know our history. 
We don't understand the things that are taking place. Scribes were first artists in that sense of the word, but we can go back even further. We, we can say scribes were the first people to set order. They're the people that have kept the scriptures going for thousands of years. Do you know that by the time Joseph left Pharaoh's, well, he died, Joseph died at 110 years of age. The scripture tells us that he had sons and his sons um, uh, ended up having lots and lots of children, increasing and multiplying, and his wife was an Egyptian, an Egyptian woman. Yes, she was. But that would be the lineage that would go on to build and to strengthen. The scripture tells us that Joseph spent 12 years, approximately 12 to 13 years as a slave. It was after he was released from prison that he became, he became governor. But then we hear that it was he was 40 years of age by the time he made contact again with his brothers and his father and all of these things took place. So Joseph was, was in his heart carrying all of this for well into 20 years, maybe more. I want you to get a picture of this isolated in Babylon, I mean, in Egypt, away from people, yet still maintaining the integrity of God. Everything Joseph became, just like Moses, he learned at the hand of a Pharaoh. So if you want to dive into the academic realm of the scribe, if you want to dig into that further, look at Joseph. Then examine the life of Moses as far as a scribal dimension. Moses, I wouldn't call him a scribe, but he did have scribal skills. He did write the um, um, laws, but he wasn't a scribe. You know, he, people do the work, but Joseph was a scribe. It was his calling because he was divinely given the, the release and the sanction of God to prosper in his realm. It was his calling to make a way. It was his calling to govern scribally. So I, I pray that this has blessed you. I'm just going to pray moment, momentarily just for you, make more declarations. But Father, I just declare that understanding comes in the midst of this teaching. I declare that your, your people will make sense of this, that they will go further in understanding. Father, I thank you that the, the eyes of their understanding have been opened. Lord, we decree and declare that every Joseph that's on the line tonight that have been listening and have been set free, that by the teaching that you have given me, that they have greater clarity and understanding in their calling. Father, I thank you that they are not um, um, worried now about where you have called them to be, but that they will be people who honor who you are in their lives. We declare a sanctification. We declare a holiness. We declare an excellent spirit. We declare that any place of compromise in them come down in Jesus' name. We declare, Father, that there is no shortcuts to what you have them doing. We break off merchandising and prostitution in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that it's for the greater good that they walk out their calling, not self-serving in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare Matthew 13, 52, the scribal anointing upon them that says you must be a scribe instructed. 
The scribal anointing is not a gift to write. It's not a gift to administrate. It's, it's not a gift to create. It's the gift to be instructed in administrating, be instructed in creating, to be instructed in that place of, of um, instruction, that we will be people of God, that we will come from that holy place. Well, it's that excellent spirit. It's the Ezra pattern that's released on the inside of us. And Father, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. And I just want to encourage you, and I, I, I want to thank you for joining me tonight, and I want you to just be blessed in what you're learning about the scribe and what the Lord is putting before you and in your heart. This is just one area. When I tell you I've pulled apart the Bible, I have pulled apart the Bible. I hope next week to do two of these on different characters. I purposely skipped the dream round because some things you cannot teach on, um, on um, social media because you have people that will take it and swear God gave it to them tomorrow after listening to your broadcast. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and I'm, I'm just saying we have to be good stewards. I've gotten too many prophecies about what God is going to do among scribes and what he's doing in us right now. So I want to give you an opportunity, if you haven't done so, to ask questions. If you have a particular question, I'm willing to stay for the next 20 minutes or so. If you have questions, thank you. I'm so glad, Sandra, to see you. I'm glad, Lakeisha, that you're blessing God for the teaching. Thank you, Rachel. So glad. I, I didn't get to say hello to some of you. Tell me where you're from. If you didn't, I have a book. Yes, um, Apostle Dory, glad to have you on the line, um, on the Facebook Live. But I have a book called um, Graphic Design and the Prophetic. Many people think I don't need this book. I don't want this book or this book doesn't apply to me. But that entire book is about um, banners, flags, embroidery, how God used that ministry to birth logo design to birth design, period, in the people of God. If you are a pastor and you have people that have extraordinary ability to create logos, websites, photography, things like that, get my book, Graphic Design and, and the Prophetic. I might teach a little bit from it next week. We'll see. But I want to just remind you, please check out the um, 2019 Scribal Advance. You will be blown away. I'm not tuning my horn because I couldn't teach any of this without God. God is the revelator. I'm just the vessel. Um, whatever we do, we honor him. I can't take authority for, I can't take control or own anything. It's by his grace that any of us can teach his word and reveal his heart in an area. So I just thank God. And I just pray that if you decide to come to the Scribal Advance, listen, you're going to be excited. We're going to have poets. We're going to bless the poets. We're going to have a lot of poetry and spoken word. You're going to have monologues, and you're going to see playwrights go forth, um, you know, and, and skits and things like that. We have people in their classes that are doing some powerful demonstrations. You're going to be stirred in your creativity. Mari Dertinger is going to be bringing a profound class on creativity where you don't even have to be an artist. But we use that class to bring out those breakdown, that stiffness that, that helps keeps people from being able to put paint everywhere. Just stick your hand in the paint and just go wild. 
We need that again. We need to break creativity forth. And you can't do it just with a prayer. Sometimes you got to get on your bike with your shorts on and ride it in the rain. Whatever you need to do to break loose and be like a child again. So we want to bring that environment to you. You're going to get teaching on the scribal realm of dreams. We're not teaching what is a dream and how to interpret it. We have a whole new curriculum and it is profound. We've been teaching on the scribal realm of dreams and visions. The first time I taught this was in 2007. So it wasn't, this was in 2007. We had a dream conference. So we, we're going to deal with the ministry of the recorder. We're going to deal with the ministry of the writer of dreams, the recorder of dreams. We're going to deal with the messenger, the scribal messenger in the dream realm. If you struggle to understand how you fit, because you're always waking up, you're having open visions and you're hearing these commands, the right, right, right. We are going to drive that home at this conference. You will never be the same. A lot of healing that first night, healing, miracles, signs and wonders. Apostle Joseph Prue will be bringing the word. He will be prophesying to everyone in the house. We'll be ministering to you. We have prayer set up where throughout the conference, if you need prayer, you need breakthrough. We have private sessions available for you. Listen, we don't play. We don't be, we don't stream things. We're not trying to make a show. You won't get no circus at our conferences. You're just going to get God. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to meet Jesus and you're going to see flawed people trying to push past that to bring you the heart of God. I'm not about the junk and the stuff and all of that. That's why you don't see me in a lot of places because I just want to impact people that really love the Lord and that have a heart for him. If you have questions, if you have questions, please ask, please ask, please ask. And if not, register at scribaladvance.com. Check out our online school. I promise you when we say we have courses, our courses go all in. Everything we do is like I teach and like they teach. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't give people um, um, a little scraps. We give you everything we got. Christ said, there is nothing good that I will withhold for you. And I believe that. I'm not trying to save revelation for a dollar. That's, a, that's not the heart of God for me. There are things that I believe should be poured out publicly and poured out privately. So I kind of live by that. But I definitely want to encourage you to um, ask questions if you have them. If you have them. We're not, we're not a, a, a conniving ministry. We're not social climbing. We're not trying to get a big stage. We just want to influence in the capacity that we saw Joseph influence with all that humility, with all of that, um, um, you know, that honor. If you're on, on tonight and you want to sow a seed into this teaching, I just want to encourage you to do so. My cash app, I'm going to put it in here because I, um, Teresa H.J., that's my cash app if you want to do that. And that's the, I'm going to give my PayPal and that'll be the last time you hear me mention it. Um, and I'm going to put that and somebody who's in my ministry will probably grab that and repost it or make it better or something like that. So again, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank please. You guys, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss the Scrabble advance. I know that, that 
if this conference is a school of the, the prophets just for us, and there is nothing else like it. And, and we're celebrating our 20th year anniversary next year. 20 years we're celebrating our anniversary. The teachings that we received, my baby girl is on here. Hey, Shanti. Um, the teachings that we received are, um, are, are original to what God has revealed to us. We're not regurgitating and copying people's teachings. And, and I'm telling you, God will give us fresh oil for this conference. We pray over everyone who is attending. We pray over everyone who is attending. And we ask God, what do you have for us to pour out? And if he tells us to change some of those courses, if we see a need in the midst of our workshops, we stop and we go with God. So I, I just want you to be blessed and I want you to be encouraged. Check out all of our websites. I'm glad you joined us tonight and, um, and I thank you. So God bless you. If there are no questions, I'm looking. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So guys, I just bless God for you. And I pray that you are blessed. Join us in Scribal Prophets. Join us in the Scribal Prophets group. Check out our online school. Uh, you should hear some of the conversations inside the online school. I answer every question that people ask me in the online school. I'm not shepherding you off because I love it. I'm a scribe. I love doing those kinds of things. So if you're in our online school and you're taking classes, the Certificate to Teach program, we're taking that to the nations. So I, I really, we're taking it to the nations. I don't talk a lot on Facebook. I don't believe Facebook needs to know everything, but we have big plans and God is making big moves through this ministry. So I just encourage you, join us. We need new teachers. We want, I mean, not just teaching with us, but to teach this wherever you go. But this will be available for a little while, then I'll take it down. So if you have friends, share it with them, because the next time you see it, it might be inside our online school. God bless you. And um, you just have a wonderful, wonderful blessed weekend. Thank you to all the apostles and prophets that join. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. And I pray that the scribal anointing will just arrest your heart in this season that he will meet you in the realm, the scribal realm of dreams and visions. Good night, everyone.